It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host every day, Zach Blackerby. Just a heads up, we're pre-recording this show on Tuesday, so if something crazy happens like Sharif Cooper declares for the draft or somebody transfers out or something crazy happens, that's why we're not talking about it. And joining me today, Noah Garner, host of On The Line. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, but then you said that, and now I'm wondering if you've got some inside information. None. I have none. I said Okay, this. so you're just saying that. Yes. Okay. No, I've already recorded tomorrow's show, Friday's show, and uh, Jay Ferg and I made a joke about it. So I, that, I had that, a that panic attack, man, okay? Like, there, there's too many things with Auburn Athletics that I'm panicking about right now. Don't do this to I'm me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we thought we'd do a kind of a fun list here to um, make sure it, it ages okay, I guess, between Tuesday and, and Thursday. Sure. So I asked you to, um, to, to make a list, and we rate our top five new starters or potential new starters going into 2021. We kind of got a glimpse of who some of these, may, uh, these new starters may be on Saturday's open practice, and so I think that's a good starting point to go off of. Yeah, I think this is a great idea, Zach. You're the king of lists when it comes to the offseason. Let's list. get into it, my man. I love lists. All right, my number five, we'll go five to one. So my uh, my number five is TD Moultrie. I think he's got a chance to start on, on you know one of these edge positions that you may see, depending on you know how they officially list their starters. But I think as far as you know relevant playing time and you know the whenever Auburn goes to maybe having two guys, he, he could be the guy opposite Derek Hall. It's kind of what I'm thinking, and so. I, uh, I've been high on T.D. Moultrie ever since he's been on. Even when people kind of sh- uh, shied away from him, I'm like, no, he's still got a chance. He's still got a chance. And last year was kind of my biggest year on that, and we didn't really see much of him. So I think this year, I've said it for years, but it really feels like this year is the year for him. He's obviously got a lot of experience in a pass rushing scenario and at a pass rushing spot on the defensive line because that's where he's played primarily in his career up to this point. My question for you then is, We've seen reports about him moving to an inside linebacker position, which is where he played in high school. Do you think there's any chance that he ends up playing there? I don't think so. Uh, I think that he is going to be an edge linebacker, a rush, a speed rush kind of guy. And I think it really fits his skill set. I mean, this guy was a heat seeking missile at the next level. And like they've. Over the last few years, they've changed his body to be close to the line of scrimmage. And you can't reverse that. In the course of an offseason. Now, I do think they're going to slim him up a little bit. That I, might make him a better pass rusher. I think so. I when mean, I, you, you need some weight. When I look at Auburn's group of pass rushers out there, what I think of is slow. Mm. None of them are extremely quick off the ball. None of them really seem to be beating their tackles on a consistent basis. So when I think of Auburn's pass rush group, I think slow And I think it was slow even in 2019 with Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson on the defensive line. I don't think that was a fast pass rushing D-line. I just think they had a lot of brute force. Yeah, I do too. So, And it ended up when you subtracted those guys out of that defensive line, what you were left with was the guys that were around them that were slow and also didn't possess top-level brute force like Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson did. And that's why the product last year in terms of the pass rush was so underwhelming. 
they need some speed, and maybe T.D. Moultrie can cultivate that by dropping some weight. Yeah. Who is your number five? My number five is going to be Eku Leota, and I had Ooh. him higher on my list Ooh. when I came into the room, but I've made a mental note to drop him to five because I'm a little concerned with this being like a T.J. Neal, Illinois situation, mm. and not, not many Auburn folks probably remember T.J. Neal because he didn't do much at Auburn, but he was the Illinois linebacker that transferred back in, like, what was it, 2017? Or am I a couple I, years? I, I had forgotten all about him. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and he was a heat-seeking missile at Illinois, but it's not hard to be a heat-seeking missile at Illinois, right? Like, it's not as hard to start at Illinois. And Ekuliota was at a much better program last year at Northwestern. Same state, much better program. Yeah. He was in a much better, much better situation on the defensive side of the ball, and he was also a sack leader, and he has the resume to build it up. But Northwestern folks were expecting him to be even better than the next year at Northwestern, mm-hmm. right? So my war, my worry is that he comes to Auburn, he comes to the SEC, and he doesn't quite raise his game to SEC level. But I got him at five because I think he gets onto the line, plays a lot, and I think he factors in as a pass rusher. I'm just concerned that it ends up being a TJ Neal situation. Who does he start over? Where do you have him starting in this? I list? think he ends up kind of being like a Swiss Army knife on the line. He he. I think a lot of what we see with the defensive line isn't going to be a like hammer down. This, these are your three guys if you're in the three four. Or these are your four guys if you're in the four three. I think we see a lot of rotation. I mean, we're even mm-hmm. beginning to see reports of Tyrone Trus- Truesdale being pushed by Jeremiah Wright. Right, like. This is a defensive line that, I'll be real, I called it soft on my show the other day. Wow. It is soft. They were getting pushed around last year. They were, run stop. They're slow. When I'm talking about this group as pass rushers, they're slow. When I'm talking about them as run stoppers, they're soft. And this is a group that I I don't think anybody's safe when you're talking about starting positions. And it it may be a committee group. Derek Hall, that's the list. Yeah, that's that's very true. And, and, And Kobe Wooden. See, and I, I wonder about him, though, too, though. And, and, like, I wonder if he was just – if we thought he was good last year because he came out of nowhere and because the defensive line around him wasn't that great. Now, he did a lot of good things, but even when I think about Wooden, and he is a bigger guy, I still think slow. He quietly had one of the best seasons for, like, an underclassman that an Auburn defensive lineman has ever had. That's right, and I want to see what – I want to see how he follows it up. I, I'm not – I'm more sold on Derek Hall being hammered down as, like, that guy's going to okay. be on the field a lot than I am on Wooden. But, you know, Wooden was another one of my – we talked about this kind of on our sh- on our show earlier this week. We said, uh, who, who's going to emerge as the best pass-rushing threat on this line? And, and I said, Derek Hall and, and Eku Leota are, like, obvious choices for, for if you're, you know, talking about this in the offseason because of their pedigree pass-rushing. But Wooden also quietly did that last year, so it's very possible that Wooden achieves a, a same type of feat this upcoming season. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you – by our friends at rockauto.com. It's the best and easiest way, and it's also the the least expensive way to buy any kind of parts for your car, truck, or your SUV. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn. And there, how did you hear about us box to so know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable little prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Continuing on our list with Noah Gardner on today's Locked On Auburn. Of course, Noah Gardner, host of On the Line. Number four, you, you want to share your number four first? Sure. I'm going to go with Dreshawn Miller. And this isn't, I, I know that's mm. a little bit lower on the list than maybe, you know, we're talking about a guy from West Virginia, one of the best secondaries in college football last year. He's not on year. my list. He's not on your list. I don't, wow. I don't know where okay. he starts at. I think he gets swallowed up by the defensive backfield, but I, I do think he gets out there. I think, you know, he's, he's got to be the third defensive back at least on the list, like as far at cornerback, right? He's got to be ahead of <laughs> Simp. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they're very impressed with Jalen Simpson. Wow. I think there's a chance that he plays safety, or you I, put him I in the middle Tennyson's of the field. I think at safety. Yeah, I do too. So, I do too. So, like, once again, my, my question is, and the reason I don't have him on this list is because I think the starting defensive backfield that we saw with the first string on Saturday's open practice, I think that's who we see, um, you know, the first several games um, going into the season. Which is amazing that Dreshawn Miller chose Auburn then. I, I didn't understand it. I'm glad that he's coming. I think it's great depth, but I just don't know where he really fits in with his defense as a starter. Not, I think he's a big contributor, but as a starter, I just don't know where he goes. Yeah, against you know Mississippi State and the other teams in the league that are going to throw the ball a ton, he's going to be out there a lot because you're going to have four defensive backs out sure. there. But Miller, for me, he's coming from one of the best secondaries in all of college football last year, and he was a primary part of that. And now he's coming down here to the Plains. I think they sold this guy on on playing a lot and trying to put NFL – he's trying to put snaps on, on NFL film, right, mm-hmm. for him to be able to get drafted. Right. So I have a hard time believing that he comes here and doesn't get a ton of playing time, you know, starter-like snaps at cornerback. I think he's got to be better than Jalen Simpson is already. And I'm not – that's not a knock on Jalen Simpson because Jalen Simpson is good. But once again – this guy's coming from one of the best secondaries in college football last year. Statistically, have a hard time believing that one of the best corners in that group is not better than some of than Auburn's number three corner from last year. We'll have to see. But I think a lot of people forget that Jalen Simpson won the job over Pritchett last year. Yeah. He was the corner opposite McCreary when uh, when they lined up and started against Kentucky. So I think that's something worth remembering. And then Nehemiah Pritchett. Climbed the depth chart as the yeah, year went on. He was very good. And, and Pritchett had, a, had an incredible back end of the season. I think Pritchett and McCreary are going to be exceptional. And then you've got Dreshawn Miller. This is easily one of the deepest defensive backfields that we have that we are going to see this year in the SEC. Yeah, I think Kamal Haddon and then Marco Domeo. It's just like, what in the world? And people are not going to give it credit when it comes around to media day. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, my number four is Jeremiah Wright. You, uh, you mentioned him a little bit earlier and – uh, I've talked about him a ton this week already, and I talk about him a lot with uh, Jay Ferg tomorrow, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on him. But I think um, this is just a name that I was not expecting. But I had issues with Tyron Truesdale's game last year because, like you said, it, it almost appeared as if he was soft at times, and he got pushed around. And a man that big, I don't want to see him being pushed around. And I think he is going to have a different mentality because I think this whole football team is going to have a different mentality with Harson and Mason being involved with this defense so I think I think Truesdale 
trends up and is better than he was a year ago. But I think Jeremiah Wright, I'm really excited about the things that I'm hearing about him. He's definitely trending upwards on the depth chart and fitting that he has the last name Wright because the last guy that played in the interior on the defensive line with the name Wright was Gabe Wright which is you know, early in Malzahn's tenure and, and whatnot. And he was a big guy. He was a big old boy, man. It's true. And, and Jeremiah Wright is going gonna, is gonna to try and do similar things on that interior. It's a different position now, though, because uh, he's trying to take nose tackle. Mm-hmm. So He's and, got the body for it. And you're not the you're not you're one of you know a couple of people that have said that uh, that Truesdale doesn't look like a, an actual nose tackle that he may that he may am I right in saying that am I getting I mean he, he, he as far as play I think physically I like what he, he you know his sure. build but I just wasn't impressed with him at the point of attack last year mm-hmm. um, and that's something you've got to be really good at you don't have to necessarily get penetration but like you can't get pushed backwards you have to destroy the interior mm-hmm. yeah you, you have to absolutely. Uh, who am I forgetting right now? Defensive lineman a couple of years ago. Why? Why am I misremembering it? He lined up um, next to he lined up next to Montrevious Adams a lot. Why am I forgetting this? He plays for the Jaguars now. Uh, D'Angelo? No. No. Why am I forgetting this? I don't know. I'm forgetting it too. We'll come back to it. I'll research it. Russell? Yes. Yes. That's it. Yep. Yes, Dontavious Russell. That's the type of defensive lineman you're you're looking to get at the nose tackle position. Yep, because that's what Russell plays now in the NFL. You're right. He didn't play that at Auburn. At least they said he didn't play that at Auburn. Mm-hmm. But that's what he did. And it's it, you're not going to get a lot of tackles. You're not going to get a lot of you're not going to get a lot of sacks. You're not going to get a lot of love. But you are going to be you're going to be breaking knees. You're going to be <laughs> you're going to be crashing into people's shins. You're going to be yeah. you're going to be making offensive linemen hate their lives in the interior because you're going at their legs and and you're making it as ugly as possible in the interior right all right my number three is Ladarius Tennyson we've already mentioned his name I bet he's on your list I'd be willing to bet maybe maybe not we'll see we saw him a little bit as a backup nickel last year I predicted he'd be moved to safety and then that happened I think he's going to be a guy that is absolutely electric in this defensive backfield. You talk about ability to move laterally, ability to not look lost in space. Now, we did see him look a little lost in space last year, but I'm willing to put that on you know, the fact that a lot of, a lot of Auburn's defensive backs at times, specifically the, the guy that he was backing up, Christian Tutt, in that nickel position, I think I kind of wonder schematically if there were some issues with what was asked of that position because whoever played it did not do well. So I think as a safety and as a guy that's going to be able to kind of keep things in front of him, I think uh, I think Ladarius Tennyson, the sky's the limit for him. Tennyson is on my list. He's he's a spot higher. He's over at two, so I kind of get. I almost put him at two, and I moved him at three the last second. Derek Mason's speaking so highly of him right now after that press conference on Monday. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. I, I feel pretty confident he's going to line up at safety where. Um, why am I? Why am I forgetting players' names? Jamin Sherwood left that spot open. I right. think he lines up with with smoke there, and you have you have a little bit more of an athletic safety spot than maybe we're accustomed to seeing over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just athletic in a different way. I mean, Sherwood extremely athletic, but I got a feeling Tennyson's going to be able to move better. Right. I mean, Sherwood was bulky. It's like Tennyson's not like. I mean, you look at the pad width there mm-hmm. <laughs> up top for Sherwood. He looks like a linebacker. He does. He's just yeah. a really bulky dude. I mean, he he's ten pounds heavier than Jacoby McLean. So like, and, and he played and he played safety. So I yeah. think there's a little bit more of a agile defensive backfield at the top with the safeties. I, I like Tennyson a lot. He's at two on my list. All right, we'll uh, we'll get Noah's three in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. 
Bet online is the best place to place your wagers for all of the madness happening in March. Yes, talking about college basketball. They've also got NBA as well as uh, baseball being right around the corner. They have everything that you can bet on in the world at betonline.ag. They even cover award shows, TV shows, reality TV. They've got it covered uh, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head to the website or use your mobile device betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, uh, we've been talking about this for um, a few weeks now, but we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Of course, Built Bar, all of them, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bars. Uh, We're in the middle of Built Bar madness. And today's matchup is Mint Brownie versus Coconut Puff. And uh, Coconut Puff is going to win this. I'm just telling you right now because everybody loves coconut-flavored Built Bars of anything. And the puff that they have now with the marshmallow base inside, it's delicious. Um, so, yeah, I'm telling you right now, Mint Brownie, you have no chance. You have no ch- Don't even look at me, Mint Brownie. Get out of here. Get out of here. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off. That is at BuiltBar.com. Noah Garner on Locked on Auburn. What is your number three potential new starter going into 2021? You know I'm the guy who has some cop-out answers, but I will throw someone someone out here. But if he doesn't start then I'm going to just say offensive lineman. Someone on that offensive line is going to emerge as a new starter that's going to be a beast. I, I okay. just I feel it internally, but my guy's Keandre Jones. I know this is a guy that you don't think is going to start, but the, the guard combination for me is, is one of two things here. It's either going to be Tayshawn Manning at left guard and Council at right guard, okay. or it is going to be Brandon Council at left guard and Keandre Jones at right guard. I think that's the grouping. Council is the lockdown starter on that offensive line, and then you're I either agree. going to have Tayshawn Manning coming back to start on the line or you're going to have Keandre Jones on the right side of the line. I don't know how you look at film last year, not you personally, but mm-hmm. just one in general. I don't know how a person in general – could look at the film last year at that left side of the Auburn offensive line and think "Mm, this doesn't need to change (laughs) and and I think it's all I think it's Alec Jackson was a big part Harson loves Tayshawn Manning he does that was watching him work out the guy could be able to pump the iron I'm sure he's very strong now I want to see if the guy can play the offensive line position at a high level I don't know how you then look at that left side of the offensive line with film and then you go and look at the right side of the offensive line with film and think Huh, that Keandre Jones guy didn't do better than Tayshawn Manning. And I know they're a little bit different. One side's the strong side of the line and one side's not. But still, Keandre Jones stepped in with a guy who who had virtually no playing experience on that offensive line. He comes in in an odd year. Everybody missed an offseason, mm-hmm. right? And he, he has virtually had no playing experience that year or at that position amongst the starters. And oh, by the way, he's playing next to some of the worst uh, center play that Auburn has seen over the last couple of years, which definitely affects the guys who are left and right. No doubt. Nick Brahms. Bad, yeah, bad And centers, he comes yeah. in and he is impressive. And so when I look at Keandre Jones, the big reason why I think this guy ends up starting is he is a more natural fit on the offensive line than maybe any of the other guys that are playing at their positions on the offensive line other than Nick Brahms, even though he's being underwhelming at the moment. Nick Brahms was a center. He comes to Auburn, he's a center, right? And he's playing the center position. But at left tackle, Alec Jackson transitions from the defensive side. 
Tayshawn Manning transitions from the defensive side over at left guard. So your whole left side of the line are ex-low star, uh, low three-star defensive tackles. Gosh. On the right side, Broderius Ham, you think is a guard. And he, he he's a man without, like, we, we don't know what he is on the offensive line. He, I think he can play tackle. I really like him at tackle. Mm-hmm. But it, that's because I like my right tackles to be excellent run blockers. Maybe even I value that more than a pass rusher in this day and age with the way that I think you run the football at the college game. But that that's neither here nor there. I think when you're talking about fit at his position, Keandre Jones is actually a natural fit at guard, whereas all the other guys around him weren't. And so that speaks a lot to me because I, he hasn't played a whole lot up to this point, but when he did get in, he, he looked more natural at his position than even Tayshaun Manning over at left guard. I, I agree with everything you said. I just I still ask the question, where is he, who's he starting over? And I guess your answer is Tayshaun Manning. Just on the other side of the line. And yeah. Council moves over to left guard. But I did say, and this is kind of a cop-out, in the event that and the offensive line is the hardest position group right now to evaluate. I think at wide receiver, we've, we've chewed on it enough. We know what's going to happen at wide receiver. But on the offensive line, it's hard to evaluate because there's so many ors. Like if this guy starts, well, you know this guy's going to start, but you mm-hmm. just don't know what combination it's going to be. It's hard to evaluate. If Keandre Jones does not end up starting, someone else that was not a starter this past year is going to emerge – as a, as a good player. And my number two player is Brendan Coffey for that reason. And so and I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> because I don't think Tayshawn Manning was the issue on the left side. I don't think he was great. But Alec Jackson, like, what he put on tape last year was not good. Sure. That was, everybody's thinking back, you know, Bo Nix running for his life. It's because, well, the left side of the line didn't block anything. So you're right. But I mean, I just think, you know, Georgia. That Georgia game last year was an embarrassment. Like it was atrocious. It was terrible, and a lot of it had to do with left tackle play and you know protecting you know you know the any kind of integrity that your pocket may have. Like it was gone. So I think that's going to be interesting. There's so many dudes where it's like, okay, I think that they're good, or I think that they can take a big step. And then there's like Nick Brahms is in the middle of it. And I'm like, I don't think he can. I think Nick Brahms is who Nick Brahms is. Like, I, I don't know how much better that dude's going to be. And so then you're like, okay, you think back to last year and like Council took reps at center. Like, is that something that you could possibly play with? I don't know if I really want that to happen. But then you allow to have all three of those guards on the field at the same time. But Alec Jackson needs to be out of there, I think. The way things currently stand. And I think the clearest path to that is is coffee, but the interesting thing is the backup left tackle wasn't coffee, it was Troxel. And we've seen that before as well. And no offense to the young man, because this isn't his fault, but like I just don't trust him to stay healthy over the course of a full SEC slate. I just don't. Sure. It's nothing against him. It's just he's been battling that stuff ever since he was in high school, if I remember correctly. So uh Brendan Coffee's my number two. And uh, and my number two already went into it was Tennyson. So sure. I, I want to stay here with you with the with the offensive line. Okay. We did our offensive line, 8-8 depth chart. And like I said, this is the hardest group to predict out of any other position group, maybe on Auburn's entire football team. And then the second group I would say that's hardest to predict is the defensive line right now. But from left to right on the offensive line for me on my depth chart at the top, I think I had Troxel at left tackle, left guard council, Nick Brahms at center, right guard Keandre Jones, and then at right tackle Ham. And I know that's different than what you've got. And I think if you ask somebody else, some other random Joe Schmo out there, their offensive line is going to look different than ours by just a tad. Literally, I think it's a Wild West right now. There's there's two guys that are going to be on your offensive line when day one starts. It is going to be Brandon Council at one of the guard spots and Nick Brahms at center. That's it. The other three, yeah. all up for grabs right now. And I think Brodarius Ham will start. 
Uh, and I, I believe so too. He's probably the next guy that I'm most confident in. Yeah, up I agree. Line. And I think he starts at right tackle. I, I don't think he moves inside. I think he ends up at right tackle. Yeah, yeah. You, you may be right. You may be right. My number one's Kobe Hudson, the natural wide receiver himself. I love him. Same. Okay, sweet. He ends up being. He's going to end up being the top target at wide receiver this year, and maybe that a lot of that's because Bo Nix is going to have more time during the off season to connect with him than he is with Jackson or Capers. He's going to have more time connecting with Canyon than he is with Capers and Shedrick Jackson over at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So with Kobe Hudson, I also think the way that this offense is going to be oriented, we've heard Mike Bobo say this. This is no longer hearsay anymore. This is no the people cannot argue with me anymore. People <laughs> cannot say anything about this. Because I have had people saying that this Auburn team was going to run a spread offense. This is out of Mike Bobo's mouth on Monday. He yeah. said this is going to be a wide open pro style offense. And I think that is I think the way that you can evaluate that is look this is going to be a pro style offense with the spread modern day tendencies you know and that is that is fine to say yes they're going to spread it out horizontally they're going to have sometimes four wide receivers they're going to have I think primarily they're going to be a three wide one tight end set you know that's you're going to see mm -hmm. a lot of that personnel but this this is going to be an offense that is predicated on attacking the intermediate areas of the field you know 10 to 15 yards down the field or, or really 7 to 15 yards down the field 7 to 18 somewhere in that range and in between the hashes and Kobe Hudson that is his game this man is probably a much better version of Eli Stove the the sure-handedness of Eli Stove but he's probably a lot more shifty we haven't gotten to see you know the ball in his hands in those short game situations that Eli Stove got yeah but he's definitely got the sure-handedness of it he's got the 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 fact that he's going to line up at flanker just like Eli Stove would I just don't think we see this guy catching screens I think we see this guy catching it across the middle of the field and kind of being a high reception a high reception player on this football team I agree with you I think he leads the team in catches I think he leads the team in yardage not touchdowns I would agree with that Elijah Canyon my touchdown guy yeah I don't know yet I haven't seen capers <laughs> uh, I think we I think we saw enough of them last year to kind of get a glimpse but I think they're all going to be better in this offense so do you think so. Canyon's at the X and capers in the slot um and I Cedric think Jackson is MIA assuming the setup is similar to like how Gus depth charted receivers yes okay but I think they're going to find a way to put all three of them on the field at the same time sure when there's not two tight ends I think the the group is X. I, I before I found out Shedrick Jackson was hurt last Monday, I, I had Shedrick Jackson at the X, but that's not going to happen. So I'm I really wonder what they're going to do with him. I, I I think he's so primarily he has lined up in the slot and sometimes on the outside under under uh, Gus yeah, Malzahn. I, I think he's a slot guy, and I, I think that's where he ends up as well. I don't think he moves well enough to be an outside guy to kind of get his space that way. I Love think he needs physicality. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. And in running sets and early downs, like when there's two tight ends, put Shedrick Jackson on the field. Sure. Let's just beat people up. I'm all about it. Where can people find you, buddy? People can find me on On the Line from 2 to 4 p.m. on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM. Fox Sports Central Alabama on that 280 stretch up to Birmingham uh, in between Auburn and Birmingham. And then uh, also find me on Twitter at Point Gardner. Awesome, man. That is Noah Gardner. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Black. We'll be showing Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a Ferg Friday right here on Locked on Auburn. <laughs> It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. 
listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.